1: Ryan's watching the 2005 Emma with, uh, what's it? What's her name? I had a cat in 2005 named Emma. Do you name her after the movie? No. Do you name her after the my book? My parents found the, these are my childhood cats
2: growing up, Hannah and Emma. My parents found them in 1995 on a bike tour while biking and they had been abandoned on a bridge in the middle of nowhere in a paper bag and they oh. rode across and they heard meowing Whoa! and it was two little kittens. That someone had like tossed out of their car. Oh. Yeah, it was so God. sad. And so they, they put them in their bike bags and they biked them all the way back home. And those were our childhood cats.
0: That's really nice.
2: I know. It's a very nice ending. And they live long, full lives. Where did the names come from? Hannah and I Emma. think it's those my like... mom. I think she always wanted daughters and that's probably what she would have named them. <laughs> <laughs> and instead, she just <laughs> had to are. settle
0: for two cats. <laughs> I wouldn't mind a pair of well-behaved boys, yeah. <laughs> like Angela says. Out of paper, out of stock There's friendly faces around the block Break loose from the chains That are causing you pain Call Michael and Stanley, Jim Dwight Creed, Call Andy and Kelly Free your business paper needs or done the myth Then the people purchase paper people, done the myth Then the people purchase paper people, done the myth Then the people purchase paper people. Dundam,
2: if,
1: Hello and welcome to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, a show for fans of The Office by fans of The Office. I'm your host and the guy who always arranged the toys on Edwin's desk in a very <laughs> pleasing way until he fired me, Sean Roney. Uh, and
0: I'm Edwin James and I run a small <laughs> fake ID company from my car with the laminating machine. I swipe from the sheriff's station.
1: <laughs> and with us as always, our producer in the warehouse, Mr. Alex Ward. I just love sales. I love it to death, it's as simple as that. And I don't get to do enough of it as a manager. So I took this second job kind of as a hobby. Some people have golf for relaxing.
2: I can't believe he tries to sell it to the camera crew. It's just, like,
1: it's just a hobby. He says through yawns. Every week we get together and talk about our favorite show, NBC's The Office, uh, this week after we cover our main topic, we'll go to the conference room where we're going to do a uh, we're going to make a paper company um, with only fifteen dollars. This is just a uh, will I guess I'll we'll explain it later, but uh, we'll, we'll draft. Our- what a setup. <laughs> yeah. What a, what a hook that is. <laughs> we'll we're, assemble we're our own paper, paper company, company with fifteen dollars. <laughs> we'll send, assemble our own paper company with characters from the show. Uh, and then, uh, and then do a little, um, ordinary things sort of, and then, uh, yeah, but, uh, today's topic, second jobs.
0: So, uh, the last couple of weeks we've done pretty straightforward episode topics, Cousin Mo, St. Patrick's Day, and we wanted to, uh, try a little bit more of an abstract topic, an idea that we've been kicking around is second jobs. And what happens when you take office characters out of the office, what their second job or, uh, other career pursuits might be. Uh, so we're going to try it out mm-hmm. and see if there's a common thread. What happens when you take office characters out of Denner Mifflin? Can you yeah. take the office? You can take out the, out the girl, girl out of you <laughs> can take the girl out of Philly, out of Scranton.
2: She's one of the many plain one <laughs> Wait, of the plain hardy women
0: of Scranton. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there's a
1: surprising number of characters who have uh, other career pursuits uh, throughout the show, and um, most of them are very funny. Some of them are successful. <laughs> some, some of, of them, them are, are sad. not. <laughs> um and this is like one of the ways the whole show is kind of
2: set up we we touched on this in the gym episode about like it kind of opens up and Jim is immediately like this job is just as yeah. this isn't my career like yeah. this is just the place i'm working right now and so even like from the beginning of the show that was also came from the bbc office of just like this is a place that no one is ready to make it their life's work to work it Warnham Hog or Dunder Mifflin uh and so yeah we see we see other characters start to pursue that
1: well and we've talked before too about like the whole the heart of the show is is sometimes um people finding their their individuality in uh being the cog in the machine working in an office and things like that so I mean some of these are are passion projects but other times people realize that they've lost uh something great by not working for Dunder Mifflin anymore so uh we'll get into that too Shall we start with Dwight? Let's start with Dwight. I'd
2: um, say the loudest and earliest form of someone uh, directly working and getting a second job. It's not really a second job; it's just not yeah. at the office, right? But well, based it, on the context, it kind of feels like a second job.
1: That's right. In the in the episode before the return uh, in season traveling three salesman, um, traveling salesman, Dwight gets. Um, you know, at this point. <clears throat> There's already some bad blood between Dwight and Michael because of the coup when Dwight tried to take Michael's job and, and meet with Jan. Andy finds out about that and is able to use that to get Dwight framed and fired uh, when Dwight was just trying to help Angela. Um, if
2: I may, Sean, uh, I know you've been watching a lot of Survivor, as have I. <laughs> this is like when the tribes merge and you're down numbers, right? And yes. An- like Andy, like Scranton. Uh or Stanford merges with Scranton, right? Yes. They got less numbers. Andy's trying to survive. He sees he sees that crack, right? Wow, yeah. Gets in there, starts talking. They're manipulating Michael, gets t- gets Dwight voted. Hail out. to yeah. the chief. Incredible Man. survivor play. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Man, Andy even got sent to uh Isolation Island or whatever it's called. Exile Island. <laughs> yeah, yeah for his anger management. Uh-huh. <laughs> so uh-huh. he was able to survive a little longer because of that. Um <clears throat> so we get at the beginning of the return, we get Dwight uh, uh, interviewing for jobs uh, and he is not succeeding and he got and we learned that he got a job at Staples to uh, to cover him in the meantime. And he's doing well at Staples. You get that second of uh, well, I guess I, I guess it, he needs it depends a, I mean, on he who you a, ask. He needs a day place yeah. to go to. Well,
0: I yes. mean, they do include that detail. You saw those two printers this morning. Good job. That is an yes. important detail, I think, that shows that Dwight is still a I good agree. salesman, even out of the office context. And it's uh, a little counterintuitive because he is so aggressive, uh, you know, smudge and arrogant. Uh, or no, that's Jim. Excuse me. <laughs> um, yeah. yes, there's but, the uh, but Dwight is a very uh, upfront, let's say, salesperson. If you need anything at all, I'll be standing right here. Uh,
1: Literally standing right here. <laughs> I think. It just depends on who he's with.
2: I think he could be a great salesman or not good, but if, if someone at Staples, like when you're mm-hmm. wandering the floor, doesn't seem like Dwight's strong suit, except you might get a customer that's like, hey, I just need you, someone to make a decision for me. Like, what's the best one? And I'll get it. Dwight's great for that. But if you're like trying to weigh all your options and you want to think about, I, I would say Dwight would be the worst person to help you because he'd be like, don't be an idiot. Don't do that. Get this. And you're like, I'm not sure. I want to do a little research. Don't be an idiot. Buy this. Like, <laughs> I could see Dwight being just
1: horrendous. Yeah, well, he could bu- he could bully you into the sale, and then and then he sells those. Two Gina burners. said that. I Guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but but yeah, I I think we do get to see Dwight as a, as a successful salesman in that context, but also as a really maybe let's say an unsuccessful coworker. Uh, I don't because... like him. His giant hair, <laughs> or his beady little eyes. That's all I like to say. About that. <laughs> And then she slam dunks the drink cup.
2: I gl- I like that they kept that in because it, it at least sets the scene that like she's just on her way out of her break and they were like, hey, can we ask you a question really quick? <laughs> you
1: know, like, like she doesn't want to be there. They she's didn't like, even no. ask the question. She's just like, I don't like him. <laughs> his giant head or his beady little eyes. Um. I was she's I don't trying know. to be nice, man. Like she's giving him every opportunity. <laughs> what I what I love, too, about like talking about the second jobs thing is like when I when this happened originally and we watched it for the first time way back in the day, I was so excited about this idea that Dwight works at Staples now. I was almost disappointed that they didn't. St- that we didn't get more of Dwight at Staples. I thought it was going to be like, okay, now this will be like several episodes, but, but you know, by the end, he's uh Michaels comes in and <laughs> I love how he just walks out and quits. Yeah. The
0: officer <laughs> and a gentleman type of a uh, exit. Uh, but no, I agree. I would have liked to see a little bit more of Dwight at Staples. I would have liked to see Jim go to visit Dwight yeah. at Staples uh, or maybe Jim and Pam yeah, yes. together. That would have been fun.
2: Yeah, if they went to if they went on a supply run for the mm. office at Staples and like yeah, that would have been a good scene.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah. Just a little
1: bit more of like <laughs> yeah, them going to visit him. Uh You know Jim
2: would have would keep asking him to like do things mm-hmm. for him in the store. <laughs> like just constantly like, "Actually, could you see if they have that in the back?" Like, "They don't have it. Could you just yeah. check there?" <laughs> it's a lot
1: Jazz of stuff hands like. That. Kind of thing. Pam calls Jim. Um, Pam's in the office and calls Jim. I
2: just would love to talk to them.
1: (laughs) Pam is in the office and calls Jim and is like, where, where are you? I'm at Staples. again.
0: (laughs) They're a competitor. (laughs) Yeah. It would be, it would be a combination of Jim and Pam uh, shopping for gifts from for Kevin in season two and the scene in Mm -hmm. um, season eight, Pam's replacement. Where Dwight and Pam make mm-hmm. Jim go get his blood get his uh, blood pressure test. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right.
2: I mean we also see Dwight with his job as a stopgap, right? He's just there until he gets something better. Yeah. And so that probably lends to his attitude there, which isn't great. Uh and
1: eventually he goes back to There's But there's an incredible we, yeah. part in Thirty Rock when um
0: Dwight works at Staples.
1: Or <laughs> Dwight works at Staples. Where Jack Donaghy loses his job as oh, yeah. um as CEO of uh, NBC and um and he's like it's no problem. Uh, I got a job as a janitor and, and I'm just literally going to work my way up. And then for several the- episodes he just keeps getting promoted. <laughs> I would have liked to have seen that with Dwight at Staples. (laughs)
0: He's the mailroom.
1: Yeah. That's yeah. And then he quits CEO of Staples to go work as a salesman. You know what
0: else would have been amazing is if Josh, Josh Porter uh, makes uh, who went to Staples. Right. What if we got to see a Dwight at Staples interacting with Josh Porter doing like a store visit or something like that? Oh, yeah.
1: That I, I, oh, I, I, yeah, just a little more at Dwight at Staples. I could have, yeah, I could have got done with that. That would have been Staples must have, oh, yeah, worked their way into this. Oh, yes, big time. Yes, this is very much product integration.
0: So let's, I mean, let's stay with Dwight because the other thing that we see from Dwight is Shroot Farms.
1: Yes. And we've, and Uh, yeah, we've done a Shroot Farms episode that you can always go back and listen to. But it's like there's so many, other businesses attached to Shroot Farms. I mean, he's uh, he sells the beets. He he's got the travel. Is Dunder Mifflin his second job?
0: Ooh, that's and was Staples great his
2: third. Mm. And his first job has always been at the beet farm. Yes, something he's been doing since he was a boy.
0: Yeah, I don't know if they ever made it clear when they started Shroot Farms as an Airbnb, uh, but yeah. uh, but it is a fun thing to think about, like in terms of. What came first, the farm or the office?
2: (laughs) And we see, I mean, in in like Money is the episode where we actually, I mean, in Money is actually we see a few of the things we're going to talk about today, but we see Jim and Pam as customers at the Airbnb. It's not a a hands-off job for Dwight. I mean, he's out there farming, he's making tables, they're doing beet wine, Mm -hmm. he gives them the tour. I mean, it's, I don't know how often he has customers, but that's a, you're there all weekend with him. Um, really doing work. Yeah, you it's never an, lack for. Someone comes in on a Tuesday or something.
0: You never lack for things to do. You're doing no. your stay at Shroot Farms. The dawn goose no. walk, table making never seems so possible. Mm-hmm. Y- yeah, for I will for- say I will say that I I would say that. Dunner Mifflin probably came first, only because in Doomsday, Dwight says, uh, "This is a new addition built by Erasmus Shroot in 1808. It doubled as a tuberculosis recovery room until 2009." Uh, that's right i
1: forgot (laughs) for how much effort dwight puts into the farm and into you know the whole airbnb thing and the event thing he gets into throwing garden party you know throws the garden party that's true uh, for andy um it never seems to be like his money-making venture i mean he wants to do well at it but I just I mean, you think specifically about Robert California being like, I could spend an exorbitant amount of money having my <laughs> having my birthday party here or something like that. And uh-huh. like, I mean, and Dwight is just kind of missing. The point right? Like, he just keeps being like, yeah, he's offering uh, exotic meats. That'll all be goat. It's a beautiful yeah. property.
0: I can get you exotic meats, hippo mm-hmm. steaks, giraffe burgers.
1: It'll <laughs> all be goat. It'll all be good. Uh, But yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's something more like just it's in Dwight's DNA. He just has to care about the farm and uh, and uh, and make it something better in his lifetime. But it doesn't it's not his main source of income. At least he doesn't seem to treat it that way. It's just
2: it's a family. It's a family job. It's not he probably doesn't see any of the things that shoot farms as a job. Right. I think it's just his calling. That's what he does. That's his life when he's not at work. It's mm-hmm. the farm. That's what the Shirts do. And I've always have done.
0: It's it's funny using Dwight as our first example, because I think one of the things that I've been thinking about preparing for this episode is kind of like what happens when you take a character out of the office, put him in the real world, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And part of that is this thing that I, I've been thinking about where like the office itself, as the show goes on, becomes more and more of kind of this unique place a little bit separate from reality only in that the the branch seems to be successful as the show goes on the sh- the branch needs to be successful kind of no matter what almost in mm-hmm. spite of all the ridiculous stuff that goes on there every day mm. david wallace says it's their most profitable branch they they never have the threat of downsizing after the first few seasons you know mm-hmm. uh and What's funny is this idea of taking characters and putting them out into the real world with starting with Dwight as our first example. <laughs> Shrewd Farms is taking Dwight and taking him even further away from the real world Yes, to uh, this, yes, this beautiful pastoral farm of which he is the <laughs> owner operator with his cousin, Moe's.
2: The other reason we're starting with Dwight's interesting is he also has a whole second life. You know, where Mm -hmm. delusion... uh, What what does Jim say? It's like where something meets delusion. (laughs) (laughs) I'm talking about the actual... The game. I can't... Yeah, I can't think of it off the top of my head. But uh, that's... uh, Dwight Shelford,
0: assistant regional manager.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's funny that we're just talking about him cuz he's we also see him. I don't know man, virtually. the
0: topic of this episode is second jobs, not second lives. <laughs> that would be a whole different thing. We could talk about Jim, we could talk about Dwight, we could talk about Oscar and say <laughs> <seven. laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Well, it, it, if there's any
1: other thoughts you guys have about Dwight, you want to move on to uh, move on. to Michael.
2: Um, yeah, let's let's stay in the money episode and move to the other storyline. Yes. Uh, where we see Michael's Michael's main and only second job yeah
1: i think i think uh in our list if, of if you second
2: obviously we're not talking michael scott podcast company arc
1: but you know <laughs> uh yeah i mean in our list of second jobs here yeah, this <laughs> oh, is <yeah>. paper company <laughs> this is truly a second job
2: Did, yeah you guys
0: find that i find it Did impossible say to
2: say
1: michael scott paper I company anymore i, I can't yeah, do yeah it. it's really yeah. hard Sorry, it's really ahead.
0: hard to separate yeah michael truly
1: works a second job right at at the call center in money Yeah, we learn that, uh, you know, because he's now dating Jan and Jan has moved in with him, uh, we suspect that Jan is spending all of his money. It turns out no, Michael's just been driving himself into debt uh, by spending too much money on Muppet DVDs and magic kits. Um, And now I mean.
0: Jan, I think both, nice right, about, for sure.
1: I think Jan is burning that candle at the other
2: end. You know what I mean? Mm. Like Michael makes enough to be irresponsible. Nice
0: use of nice use of your candle metaphor. Yeah, you. I think it's a bonfire uh,
2: candle. Michael makes enough to just kind of stay afloat with his bad habits, but when you add Jan in, uh, the bottom falls out and he sinks fast.
0: <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's more like poverty by Jan. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Edward. Nice. <laughs> i mean
1: oscar does evaluate the finances and he comes back he does not talk about jan's spending really when he comes back but in order to it. um in order to get himself out of debt uh he gets a second job uh, at a call center and you know we know michael's a good salesman um we don't see, he's He's not doing well on the phones, but he's doing well with the other people in the office.
0: We do see him doing, using his version of sales on the phone, which is Uh, he's making uh, a real personal (laughs) collection.
2: Cape satellite
0: television. (laughs) Michael. Well, it sounds like he's doing a really great job. I don't know why the coach won't play him. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's oh, really yeah, that's right. doing a good job of making the personal connect, connection, mm-hmm. but he's not sticking to the script. He's not making the sales really quick. He's not turning and burning the way that uh, his boss, Nick Figaro, mm-hmm. uh would do, or the way that Vikram is. Exactly.
2: Sometimes I, sometimes I think watching the show, you know, what would, how would Michael react to being managed by Michael Scott? Uh, if we, we sort of see that here and there. Like we almost get that a tiny bit with D'Angelo before as they cross paths for the day or two. Um, mm-hmm. But this one is like intentionally seems like let's put Michael in a work environment that is a similarly office cubicles, et cetera, but just comp- vastly different in terms of what they sell and how the whole business is managed. And Nick vastly Figaro. Vastly different. Vastly more interesting. <laughs> Nick Figaro, uh, at the lipofedrine guy, is just the opposite. Like, he's just there to enforce the script. It's just like, make as many calls as you can, stick to the script. It's a numbers game. I don't care about anything else. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you care about. I don't even care about your name. You want to leave? Go. Come back. Fine. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Disinfect your headset. Like, he's so yeah. opposite from Michael, who's just like, all about
0: the soft sell, Michael. Michael thinks of it as a family, yeah. not yeah. a workplace. I mean, it, it, yeah, it is funny.
1: Like, I mean, Michael hates Nick Figaro, and it, it's not like Nick Figaro is like a very like appealing person in any way but I, he doesn't seem like a bad boss <laughs> i mean he's got, like he kind of lets people get away with most he's not gonna bullshit you
2: yeah. i don't think he cares as long as he, you can yeah. probably show up really stoned like obviously those kids are when they're yeah. working there i mean that he's telling them about Die Hard. like yeah. he's like you show up make your calls
1: do the script that's all i ask yeah i mean michael even makes a joke during their conference room and uh Nick Figaro just kind of lets it slide and is like, all right, very funny. You can make jokes yeah. when you make a sale there, rookie. Like, you know, it's like that's a very yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't think he, Michael he would understands have that same the, reaction. Yes. yes,
2: he understands the business he's running and he's not making it anything else than it needs to be, no. which is the opposite of Michael, also, <laughs> yes. which is like this is our family and this is our home.
0: And I would say to his credit, he doesn't seem affected at all by the documentary crew that is filming his call center.
2: I know, he comes right away with that disclaimer. like, yeah. what we're yeah. doing is a legal operation. Like, <laughs> like he feels he feels the need to say that. But... Fully
1: licensed by. But the other city. than that, even
0: when yeah. if, even when Michael quits, he's just looking at that piece, piece of paper. You're quitting. Come back anytime. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget. <to> <laughs> and and
2: like they're like. Yeah, for Nick Figueroa, that meeting is just looking up from a piece of paper. And for Michael, it's like all this turmoil he's been thinking about. He's like, I've never quit anything. And yeah. he's like, he walks in there. And the, when he says the lie and he thinks he's in a movie, you know, like, I am. I'm quitting.
0: It's great. <laughs> yeah, he de- he describes it as a, as a dream. Mm-hmm. Um, but... But yeah, that like I had a dream last night that I had two full time jobs, one here at the Lipofedrazone diet <laughs> pill company, Lipofedrin, and the other I was a regional manager of a small paper company called Dunner Mifflin. In this dream, I did both of these jobs beautifully and I loved it. And everyone really loved me. But the truth is, I can't do this. Are you quitting? I am. Come back anytime. Don't forget to disinfect your it's headset.
2: Oh, it's great. It's perfect. <laughs> uh, something I noticed about this episode. Uh, what I was prepping audio for the show was like, it's they took out the scene of him and Vikram uh, sharing food. What? Oh. It's not there. In the A peacock, peacock. version. It's not there anymore. Why? Huh. I don't know. They also switched the order of scenes. So now, what? I don't know if I'm running yeah. into this now in Office Quotes where I'm trying to follow along, and now orders of things have been switched. They've re edited episodes, and stuff doesn't exist mm-hmm. anymore. <sighs> Yeah, the Vanilla Crisp. Go, yeah. Go on, go on Peacock, Watch Money, and you tell me if the Vanilla Crisp power bar scene is there. Okay?
1: What the hell? What is happening?
2: <laughs> I know. I wanted to pull the
0: quote from
2: that for the opening about the chief of surgery and it wasn't there.
0: Oh, yeah. That's so interesting. <laughs> I just It's it, funny. Mixed masala eggplant and rice. I I,
2: why? I, unless
0: I is they moved any... it
2: into part 2, but I didn't I didn't see the scene at all.
0: Hmm. You know what? We've talked a lot about doing an office taste test at some point, and the Try Guys, as part of their like in in, in connection with Peacock and the Office, is part of like the thing around the Office's birthday mm-hmm. last week. Uh, they did a taste test of Michael's favorite foods. One thing that we've never talked about in our taste test is the idea that you could do mixed masala eggplant <laughs> and rice. Also, vanilla crisp power. Yeah, bar. mix those two. <laughs> Maybe yeah.
2: using the power bar as a as a scoop. For the rice, yeah.
0: We always go to the most disgusting things first, like mayonnaise <sighs> and black olives or tomato bologna no, and ketchup. Yeah. But but, <laughs> but, both of those sound, uh, the power bar and the Indian food sound much better. Vanilla
2: crisp power bar. Mm-hmm. Last thing about the call center is like to see Michael as an employee. Michael often talks about being in the bullpen with a lot of nostalgia. Like he mm-hmm. kind of yearns for it again. We do get to see him a little bit as... One of the employees, like him, getting in trouble by the boss for talking too much, uh, him distracting his coworkers, and his coworkers at the call center who like him, think he's funny. They all the things he tries to be at, at Dunder Mifflin, he's valued for at the call center because he's actually on the same level as them. He's an employee, uh, so that's just an interesting dynamic. And it's it's so brief that we get to see Michael just normally talking to people and them liking him. It's right, is very rare on this show
0: it gives you some insight into why Michael might've been made manager in the yeah, first yeah.
1: place. People probably liked him you know, as that on the floor. I don't know. It's hard to imagine yeah, with Stanley those dot- and others. In- well, if you're,
2: if you're next to Todd Packer for that many years, you're going to look way better. Oh, That's true.
0: Yeah, by comparison. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do think it's interesting going to Michael's other pursuits that for someone who is so like his life is so tied into the office and he does view it as such a family that he seems to be so caught up in wanting to be a screenwriter or wanting to do improv or his comedy special. Here I go again. (laughs) uh, That like he's caught up in this sort of daydream about those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. But
1: and at the same time, I can relate so much to that. I mean, it's like at, at a certain point, I fulfilled my dream of being able to work on movies and stuff. And yet here, you know, I do a podcast on the side and a, homebrew in the garage and yeah everybody's kind of got a little <laughs> bit of that right you know you still dream about the about the uh, the other thing you really want to do
0: <laughs> i can't wait for your hbo special here i brew again <laughs> oh
1: that sounds great <laughs> here i brew again da, da, da. Uh, god
0: Um, (laughs) but, but anyway, uh, and, and Michael is so dedicated or or maybe not dedicated, but he really truly believes Mm. that these are his dreams and his goals. You know, if if I don't have this, then what do I have (laughs) as he says to Holly, uh, when they're viewing at level midnight, this is the first time hearing about, or his book somehow I manage. Mm -hmm. Let's talk
1: about Creed and his many uh, criminal activities (laughs) slash second jobs. I mean, the one that we know that he does early on in the show is uh, is he has swiped a small laminating machine from the sheriff's office and uh, prints fake IDs in his in his van.
0: As evidenced by all the kids who come and say hello to him Mm -hmm. Poor Richards.
1: (laughs) He also steals things and sells them.
2: Uh, he's He has a lot of jobs, most of them illegal, right? Uh, and it catches up with him by the end of the show. Let's not forget the FBI, not the police, the FBI arrest Creed at the end of this show. <laughs> don't forget that. He's stealing bags of blood. We don't know where they go. He says he can get you a kid for that much. I mean, Creed is in with some dark, dark web shit.
0: That wasn't a tapeworm. <laughs> oh, God.
2: He has the most uh, second jobs. And I—he's I, another person where I don't think his main income is from uh, his job. they Mifflin. they are
1: hustles,
0: right? They're, they're hustles.
1: I mean, that, that's something to consider. Yeah. Like, so for the so now for Michael and Dwight, I mean, I'd say both of their second jobs, you know, didn't surpass Dunder Mifflin as you know their primary job, mm-hmm. right? We've said yeah. you know Shroot Farms is kind of a lifestyle thing. Obviously, Staples was just a filler job. Uh, the call center, call is a center is just him trying to to get out of debt, but he wasn't even very good at it. He never made a sale. I mean, Creed really succeeds in in <laughs> in his second job. <laughs> he <does>. he thrives. <laughs> yes.
0: If anything, it makes you wonder why he spends all, all this time going into it's the an alibi. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think he needs an alibi for the stuff he does at night. That's he fair. needs a day job. Yeah. He needs something stable mm-hmm. with his fake name, his fake ID that he can hang right. His hat he's on. he's yeah. like a character in Breaking Bad, you know. Like, uh, <laughs> well, speaking of when they did that Emmy intro, uh, that one year where they had all the different uh, other popular shows coming through the office right. set. You know, what I'm talking about. Yes, yeah. Yeah. yes. I know one what you're going to say. Of course, <laughs> Jesse Pinkman coming in and going like Creed, what's up? And like the cameras are there, <laughs> so it's, oh, yeah. he's selling Creed a bag of uh, he's selling Creed a bag of meth. Yeah, uh, so I, I we could consider that office canon that scene. Sure. Yes, sure. <laughs> yeah,
0: why not? I love the idea that it's Creed's alibi when Creed when uh, what is it when when Creed Bratton is away, William Charles Schneider will play. <laughs> it's true. We do know
1: that, too, that he's neglecting things that he's supposed to actually be doing Um, in product recall. um, You know, we realize that that Creed is supposed to go down to the factory or something like that every week. And he just doesn't do it. Spot check.
2: Watching the way he gets out of that is everything you need to know about Creed. He's just completely a pretty much a sociopath.
0: (laughs) All the way down to the the goodbye <laughs> yes. card. Yeah,
2: I know it's really it's really something. And I yeah, I also wonder too. Is he getting how long is he getting royalty checks for Grassroots? You know, oh, yeah. I'm streaming Creed's music <laughs> on Spotify every now and then. Do yeah. you
0: think Creed I'm is a, just... spinning? Really, I <laughs>
1: that's, that's a great track. It's still great.
0: It's a good song. It's like
1: you never really see all his endeavors, like and however much money he's making you never see like his lifestyle change at all. I wonder if he is just in debt to some really bad people. <laughs> and that's just why he has to it's do likely. all these things so that he him, doesn't. Him and Kevin. I feel like
0: he yeah. might, he might be really bad. Yeah, he
2: definitely <laughs> is the people. Are but he, he, yeah, he, I wonder, he, I wonder if you traced Kevin's money. That
1: he owes to someone and eventually he owes it to Creed. <laughs> That'd be funny. I just, yeah, I think, I wonder if uh, if all Creed's criminal efforts are just so that he doesn't wind up a dead mamma jamma. Um.
0: <laughs> Tell her it's for Creed. She'll know what that it's means. It's possible.
1: There'd be no way of knowing. Uh. Draw me a map, mama. <laughs> um, a- any other thoughts about Creed? No Creed thoughts. toby flenderson has a has a second job or a passion uh in life and that is writing um mystery crime novels uh about chad flenderman i was i was hoping at the
2: top of the show that you're gonna be like uh i'm sean roney chad flenderman (laughs) (laughs) a great job title just that name
0: or what if you said Sean Tony? <laughs> Sean, My name is Tony. Yeah,
2: Tony Roney. <laughs> Tony. <Rody. laughs> Tony Sean Tony. Oh, if you have a son, you have to name him Anthony. So we just just to give him the option to go by Tony Rodi <laughs> and start a very successful line
1: of uh pasta sauces, of pepperonis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. uh <laughs> Toby um, is is very interesting because Toby's uh, originally wanted to be a priest and (laughs) and left the seminary (laughs) so that he could sleep with a girl uh, who he later divorced for that thirst trap. So, no, he doesn't. He wouldn't say that he has a passion for H.R. Um, (laughs) uh, Really, his passion is is writing crime novels. So, I mean, we don't see this pan out monetarily for him but um it does start to seep into other aspects of his life like when he becomes a jury member uh for the for the scranton strangler and finds himself now for his own crimes in uh mixed up in a, in a in a mystery uh, mixed
0: or- up with some bad apples <laughs> <laughs> It is funny to see Toby embark on this sort of really creative pursuit and how he just kind of weaves it back in every now and then, you know, this sounds like the plot of my, my latest Chad Flenderman novel. And then everyone grows <laughs> reading, know. reading that quote in office quotes. There is a, there is a, there is a parenthetic where <laughs> I love that.
2: <laughs> That's the appropriate um, description of Toby.
0: Here's another one. You know, this sounds a lot like the premise of my latest Chad Flenderman novel, a murder for framing. Chad Flinderman, just an easygoing black guy. He knows the streets, yet he also went to Oxford. So just as comfortable on a motorcycle as he is on Air Force One. Oh, and he's also the world's leading Egyptologist.
2: <laughs> you know, we've read some bad office fan fiction, but if someone would like to write that book, I'd read it.
1: Oh, it must. Oh, man, I'll go digging for it. <laughs> That's a- as,
0: uh As Angela says, Toby, you know nobody cares about your sex crazed black detective. No, no, no. Women chase him. He misses his wife. <laughs> That's
1: so great. Uh Joe great also details. reads uh like most of his <laughs> 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 most of his book and gives him oh, yeah. some some criticism. On, write your own damn novel.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know. She's she gets the red pen out and goes for it.
0: A published author, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah your own damn critique and he's he's not hearing it when in the finale when we revisit toby he's moved to new york to write the great american novel Mm. and he's living with six roommates which are better than friends because they have to give you months notice before (laughs) Before they they leave leave.
2: it's the saddest thing (laughs) in the world (laughs) is that line i've ever heard yeah but i but Uh, also sign me up for that sitcom (laughs) oh god (laughs) Toby and Toby friends. with like as the landlord with five other guys. Guaranteed yeah.
1: those people hate him. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, yeah, I guess this is uh, maybe some insight into why uh, why Toby will never be published, though. I mean, he can't take a, can't take a note, I guess. No, no,
2: I, I, I would I would take take some notes from Joe. Who knows? Yeah, I feel like Joe has friends in the publishing industry. Obviously, like she Come date- on, like she and Truman Capote dated the same guy there you go hello like to- toby you're 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 being dumb here man you yeah. gotta you should you gotta grease that grease that uh handshake mm-hmm. ha- grease that handshake mm-hmm. yeah r- sure <laughs> grease,
0: that, <laughs> palm. grease right. that
2: palm there
1: we go
0: it is funny to see that like toby never he the way he talks about my latest chad flannerman novel is if he's written right. many of them he doesn't seem that focused on the one he's just more caught up in being a writer mm-hmm. Uh, that seems to be his thing. And I think one thing that we haven't done so far is kind of evaluated whether or not these people are successful Hmm. as they go out with their pursuits. I mean, Dwight is moderately successful. We'd say, how about we go through the end? How about we just go through the list at the
2: end?
1: We'll give him a thumbs
2: up. I mean,
1: we kind of did say that, you know, Dwight and Michael's things didn't pan out and creeds did. He went, he, (laughs) he took it as far as he could, but yeah, no, I, I, yeah, no, he certainly, um, I mean, I would say Toby, yeah, does, does not really. S-
0: it's just that Toby doesn't really try. Mm. No, he doesn't seem to put anything out there. It's, it's his version of running. It's his version of leaving the, the lunch with Robert California. Just pretend I was never here. Mm-hmm. Clearly there's been some kind of mistake.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, let's move on to, uh,
1: to let's move on to Pam, actually, Pam, um, Pam, pursues art as a as a passion and a, or, and and for a brief time um, thinks that she may be able to have a career in it. Uh, obviously, uh, she does the uh, she does the animation for the commercial that Michael makes. Um, Ryan is interested in her possibly doing a logo for Dunder Mifflin although maybe he actually wasn't uh, maybe had some ulterior motives there. Yes. Um and uh but you know when they go to the job fair uh Pam sits down with Nick the IT guy or is he are we supposed to think <laughs> he's the IT guy we meet later? I don't know.
0: I don't know. It's something it's something weird like Chase or Shadow or Garth. <laughs> uh
1: but um and then of course we get her going to Pratt in New York. Um which is you know, a great opportunity, except that she is flunking her classes. Uh, so. Doesn't seem like a Pam Baisley thing to be doing. No.
2: I know she blames the computers, but. Mm-hmm. I there was always a bit of a disconnect there with their me, because she's supposed to be like not like she's her words for She's a very good typist. She's probably pretty savvy on the computers. You kind of have to be at her job. But I think when it comes to doing art on computers, she's just like, this is not what I do. I have no idea how to do this. I don't want to do it, um, but yeah, that's that's really the only outside of the athlete stuff, which we'll get to later. Like this is someone actively pursuing a second career while they work at the office. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, and I mean, we get that with Ryan in business school a little bit, but this is like she she wants to do something else, and she's she has the avenue to do it. She has all the reasons. She has
1: everything set up for her to to succeed. Um, I think yeah. I think the, the my question for you guys is, does this does this pan out for her? Pam because, out. Does this Pam out for Pam because she gets to do the mural in season nine? Or is that not enough?
2: Not to the, not to season three, Pam.
0: Right.
1: Yeah, I feel like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean.
0: I mean, that seems to be the compromise that she makes or the the choice that she makes, I guess we should say. I'm coming back the right way, as she says to Jim. Um, and it doesn't seem as if, it doesn't seem, and I wanna know what you guys think, as if she has like a lot of regrets about not finishing up at Pratt because she is with Jim and Scranton and she does find those art projects, the murals and things like that to work on. She does seem to find some kind of fulfillment there um so maybe she doesn't see find that success but she seems okay
1: with. yeah yes I I mean I do think about like you know one of the only projects that we see her do at Pratt is drawing Dwight in in uh with a bunch of like uh uh uh, pieces of punctuation and stuff like that yeah exactly Mm. um so I mean that's Kind of goes to show you like what she's thinking about when she's there. And maybe that's why she's she flunks out because her mind is in Scranton. I mean, not not to mention she she also has to work a second job when she's in Pratt yeah. at Dunner Mifflin corporate. And that's another time
2: we get much like Dwight at Staples interacting with other people. We get to see some of Sam, uh, Pam's like silliness and her feeling of camaraderie. Or like, like they have in Scranton of like, I'm going to dress up for Halloween. I assume everyone does. She shows yeah. up. No, you're in New York. No one's in corporate New York yet. Yeah, no one's dressing up for Halloween. And uh, and she has to keep the hat on. or Otherwise, she looks like Hitler. So she's like, that's just a nice little bit when you, when you, when you, a great example of taking someone out of the office and putting them somewhere else. And it just, it doesn't translate.
0: No. Pamela, miss you, kiddo. Miss so you. So much. So much. Uh, well, and the other thing too, I I wonder what you guys think about this. I, I always kind of got the impression that she just needed to do some classes again, not that, uh, not that she, I mean, she, yes, she was failing, but it always seemed like she just needed to do them again versus she couldn't. No, you're right.
1: You're absolutely right. right? She, she just needed to stay there longer, but she didn't want to. Yeah. Um, And so, and uh, this is where like it gets tricky, right? Cause it's like, This is where uh, in the past, you know, I'm frustrated with Pam. And, you know, we've talked about Pam so much on this show. And and through that, I've kind of like grown to. And we will in the future. <laughs> and, and we, we will in the future. Will. But like, you know, yeah. I mean, I think for a lot of people, this sucks. You don't want to see Pam say that she doesn't want to. She just wants to quit and come back to screen.
2: Honestly, it's just you just don't see this in TV shows like this and sitcoms where like someone's going after something and then it just doesn't happen and they don't do it. Yeah. And then it's back to what it was. <laughs> it's like, I mean, we see this even in the office, everyone else basically ends up getting what they want. And even, I mean, even Pam does, but at this time when she's like, she'd like, I think she'd like to have more of a career in art, but I, it does seem to me that her, her relationship with Jim is, is more important than that.
0: Well, that's a really interesting point that you bring up, Sean, because in season nine, when Jim is going off to athlete, and I don't mean to jump forward to another character as a viewer, don't you feel like we wish that Jim would kind of give it up? Isn't that what is being conveyed in the show that like there's something not wrong, but like him wanting to leave the office is, is, you know, like Pam, Pam just is so happy with their life there. She doesn't want to leave it. And, and Daryl, or in, in Dwight goes through all this length of trying to convince Daryl that being a Dunner Mifflin is yeah. really fun. I mean, yes, uh, if yeah. if
1: Pam succeeded. Uh, yeah, it's like it. Yeah, it threatens the sitcom. <laughs> if Pam, if Pam succeeds, yeah, yeah, then, you know, she's out of the show. Like, you know, so th- I mean, that's certainly like I think as a viewer, you're I think that they th- they thought that we would all be relieved that she she's back and that there's no more tension ever again between her and Jim. And um, uh, and uh, but but I don't know if if like as a, as a someone who loves the show, but also somebody who loves to daydream about your passion project, your um, your <laughs> you're person like I'm personally torn here because I yes, I want her to come back and just be the receptionist again, because I just it makes me feel all warm and cozy when I'm watching The Office. But um, but yeah, there's a part of you that that is rooting for uh, the character and wants to see them succeed in their passion.
0: Well, and you know what, like I even mentioned, like, oh, we, we as a viewer want. And frankly, like, I don't feel like I could speak for viewers. Like, I'm just thinking about that <laughs> now. Like, I imagine that everyone feels a bit of like some level of conflict about whether and this is probably more true of when Jim was doing athlete versus when Pam was going to art school. But there is, yeah, I mean, I imagine you feel conflicted about either, either opportunity or either path. It but, does seem yeah.
2: what's important to Pam, no matter which way you look at it, is she doesn't want to be a receptionist. And we see this when she eventually becomes a saleswoman of like, she seems to be much happier in that role and a little bit more like willing to go with whatever life throws at her once she's not just the receptionist. And she makes that clear. Like, I don't think that's her main, you know, it's it's just like Jim at the beginning of the show. Just like, I just don't want to be a receptionist for my whole career. Mm -hmm. And, and
0: yeah. Well, and that's a really interesting dynamic as well, I'm glad you brought it up because we should go to this, but let's go to Jim. She wants to come back. Pam wants, well, Pam wants to come back as sale as a, as receptionist when she realizes what she got herself into with the Michael Scott. Right. Yes. Uh, and it turns out they already have a receptionist and she's talking to Charles like oh I can be your assistant. Yeah. And she's trying to stay up there in the talking head cuz she forgot how nice it was up there. So she isn't given the opportunity to come back. And then she talks about applying at what Target, Walmart, and Old Navy mm-hmm. and she couldn't even get an interview like one thing that's interesting about Pam's journey or arc versus these other characters is that the Pam has to confront like failure or yeah. or uh or refusal a lot a lot more than these other yeah. characters and and uh, the fact that when she comes back and, or when uh, Michael Scott Paper Company is uh, bought out and they folded back into Dunder Mifflin, she, she does want to be a salesman. So that does give her the confidence to choose mm-hmm. something different. Um, but yeah, we don't need to. We don't need to dwell on more. Yeah, we, can go to but, yeah
2: we, we got a lot more. to, or We got a few more to get
1: through and uh, yeah, we we're already going pretty through, long yeah. here. I mean, we, these, are, these are the meaty ones. These are the meaty ones that we've been doing. So yeah. uh, and Jim is certainly another meaty one. Uh, Jim, when we meet, as Alex said earlier, when we meet Jim in the pilot, you know, uh, he is saying that, you know, he doesn't want this to be his career. If 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 this was his career, he'd kill himself. And it takes him, you know, eight or nine years to get around to doing something else with his life, um, so you know, this is very different than Pam. He is super motivated in in his passion to start this company, which um, I guess was his idea with a friend of his um, in in a, a marketing company where the athletes get to get involved. What, what's the what's the the idea with athlete again I <laughs> they describe it as sports marketing
0: but the athletes yeah, are private. But that's yeah. all they really say.
1: Um and
2: it's just sports marketing.
0: Yeah I think it's, yeah I think I every sp-
2: any marketing place would be like oh well our clients like we we they're involved in the process. It's right they're marketing.
1: I watched mm-hmm. that just just a brief side note. Like I watched that um show um crap it's all about uh it's all about like design and art and they talk to that shoe designer edwin jump in
0: (laughs) you're thinking of the show on netflix you're talking about yes yes
1: tinker hatfield so he's like talking about designing a shoe for michael jordan and they talk about like how michael jordan like didn't even wasn't going to go to the meeting and they had to like impress him and he was like Mm -hmm. ready to leave Nike forever. It's like, yeah, it's not like athletes aren't involved in sports marketing. hundred (laughs) percent. They lead it. Definitely. I, I'm working on a documentary right
2: now about an athlete who was making ads with Nike and the ads they made with them were extremely famous and like really iconic, but the athlete hated them. Mm. Um, Mm after a certain point and they stopped doing them right and it like that was complete and as soon as the athlete said i don't want to do this uh like phil knight at nike got involved and was like all right what else are we doing come up with something now hmm. like that the most important thing was that are the, uh was it whatever those geico released, commercials where he's like not <laughs> yeah. in my house <laughs> yeah there you go That's it's those now once once the show's out it'll then you'll Okay. Hear that story.
1: Oh, that's nice. Something-
0: yeah. Phil Knight, Phil Knight went to Geico <laughs> and said, what else are we doing guys? Is, are we going to go with- anyways, yeah.
1: back to Jim? Uh, <laughs> um, so yes. So Jim is way more passionate about this than we've kind of seen anyone in the show be about their, their second job. And I mean, it really is also a, a real second job. He's really juggling both, um, for a while. Um, He's really passionate about Monster <laughs> I mean, yeah, let's talk about like, do you guys hate Jim at this time? Do you really, did you really not enjoy, were you hoping that he would give it up? I I wonder if that is how other, other people feel. I don't know, boss, like athlete Jim's got a whole different vibe.
2: Yeah. He's a little, feels a little cockier. He feels like he's a little more...
1: He doesn't have time for you. He anymore, does. You know? He does. He. I mean, we do see that. We do see that with the whole like Pam forgetting to film Cece's thing, a uh, little dance recital, and or the
2: way he reacts to Daryl bringing up the mug.
1: Right. And he like pours it in the trash. It's a weird thing. Yeah. He. Oh, I hate that scene. But, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> like, have you guys been? in a position and at work where you feel like you're more stressed and stretched thin than you've ever been. And you turn around and act like an asshole in your real life. I, I can, I can relate to this. I'm afraid I'm doing that right now. I mean, this is, yeah, I think this is something that really happens. I mean, and that is also an issue when your passion becomes your, your, your career. Right. Like if you if you're yes. too invested, a lot of growing
2: it. pains, a lot of growing pains. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I I think one thing that's interesting is that of all the characters we've talked about, Jim is the character who, when he goes out and chases this new thing, finds seems to find a lot of success. And he is also a character who, within the context of Dunner Mifflin, has been a little bit capped out in terms of what that success can be, either by uh, Michael uh, undercutting him with David Wallace and they go to the co-manager thing or um when, or even himself, even himself, t- or even Jim taking himself out of the running mm. for manager at the end of season seven, there is uh for whatever reason. And then Robert California and that conversation never coming up ever again. So there's an element of Jim being kind of stifled, I guess, in terms of his ambitions at Dunner Mifflin. And then when he chases this thing at athlete, I don't know if I could confidently say whether or not like I, like hate him or, or whatever, or really like him endorsing his pursuit. Cause I mean, yes, he's stretched really thin, but so is Pam, you know, she has to take care of the kids by herself and like, it really wears on her, I think even more so than it does on Jim. And I, I don't know, it's uh, it's, it's hard to say, but, um, but it is, it is, there's a huge struggle with him trying to go for it on his own, essentially, because Pam doesn't really want that. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: mean, and, and, <clears throat> Yeah, but but at the same time, too, it's like I think that there is something it's there's conflict because Pam wants him back home and stuff like that. But I think when you you really go for it and you really go for the job that you want, sometimes people sacrifice like their lives for that, their relationships and their. And, uh, and you know, they put themselves a hundred percent into it. And I think that is what you see with Jim a little bit and like, yeah, while you don't want him to be an asshole, um, especially to Pam, um, it is, um, I think that, uh, I think that they're, I think that's something real. I think like, they're kind of showing us like a, an interesting, maybe the difference between Jim and Pam, like that, uh, that Jim really puts his himself a hundred percent into this. And, and it, and it, even though his dream is coming true, he, there's a price to pay.
2: I mean, she says this in the office Olympics, like when he cares about something, he goes after it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I, she likes to see that version of Jim. Right. Um, And and a lot of, sorry, go ahead.
1: Oh, I was going to say, maybe that's when, when he's, when he likes something, he goes after it. That's, that's him and Pam for a long time, him going after Pam for, a, for a long time. But after he's done what he's accomplished that um, and doesn't know what to do, he eventually goes for athlete and he d- doesn't focus on Pam as much.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and, uh, Oh my God, I'm
1: so sorry. I, lost my <laughs> no, it's okay. I, it's I feel okay. like, I feel like uh, I'm I'll rambling. Sit there, a bit like, okay. No, I, okay. Got I, I, rambling I, got I got it. I got it. I got it. I
0: got it. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think the reason that it's so difficult to watch at the end of season nine or during season nine as well is because the show doesn't give us those moments of resolution that they did in earlier seasons. Like you think about the day when they're struggling with Jim and Pam are struggling and Pam is in New York. And then it turns out they've been leaving each other voicemails mm-hmm. all day. We don't get any sort of, um, release like that. It's all tension, you know, versus attention and release that mm-hmm. balance. It's just more and more tension. And when you think that you're going to get a moment like that, you don't get it. Like when, um, when Jim gives her the drawing that she did and she's like, Oh, I can't believe you kept it. There's, there's uh, we don't get that same sort of uh resolution mm. um or feeling that they're still connected that we do in earlier seasons. So it, it is really hard. It's, it's they have to, we're, we're going through it with them. I just, I, yeah, I just think that like when art mimics life,
1: you know, this I think is an important thing for people to see sometimes that, mm-hmm. you know, yes, it might be comfortable to stay at your, at your comfortable job that you don't like. But if you go for the thing that you do want, it could have negative consequences in other, in your, in your home life. A lot of these
2: second job opportunities. And then there's almost every variation of them happening, getting fired, going something, coming back, trying for something, failing at it needing to have another job we kind of see every reason why you'd have a second job played out in all these things and if like the thesis of the show is there's beauty in ordinary things i mean that's the flip side to it is there's there's there is beauty and there's also an ugliness sometimes Mm -hmm. right there you kind of have to have both um but part of this is the beauty in ordinary things is like you there are people like dwight is so happy at the end of the show and he's still working at the Mm -hmm. same place you know, and and a lot of people are still at the same place, and they're very happy at the end. And mm-hmm. so, the ordinary things doesn't doesn't have to be needing to start again and having something brand new and fresh. It could just kind of be in reinventing yourself, even though you're in the same place.
0: I mean, I, I will say there is something too, Sean about the way that you're talking about. You know, uh, going for it, going all in, and and really trying to pursue your passion. I mean, I feel like you're gearing up to tell us that you're starting a sports marketing company, from <laughs> <Philadelphia>. guys. <laughs> I'm, I'm brewing, brewing beer Big full news. time. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. Um, any other any other thoughts I, on Jim? I just w- well, no, but let's flip it to somebody who there is no conflict in in him pursuing his dream. When Daryl goes for it, where I feel like we're yes. all on board. Go for it, Daryl. Well, Daryl's life.
1: Yes. Well, and and that's interesting too because it's like, but because Daryl, we've watched struggle for so long now, right? You yeah. know, he. We did see him get stoked on working his way out. We just talked about St. Patrick's day, the episode where he's like, no, I do have big dreams of this company. Um, And then, uh, and then that all falls out. Um, And we know that, you know, all the office workers win the lottery and he doesn't get to be a part of it. And, you know, he and uh, he and uh, his ex uh, aren't getting along anymore. Yeah. And I mean, just things aren't really great for him. I mean his basement smells like tacos, life's not going well, so
2: <laughs> <laughs> and he's someone who gets like he's not he's not necessarily like actively trying to do these things. he's someone who gets noticed and keeps like moving up the ladder, and we get to see that happen mm-hmm. and and so he's very naturally a character that you're cheering for,
1: yeah
0: well and uh and when Daryl does get the opportunity to athlete, he's so he's uh. So excited about it. Similar to Jim, when he's I- invested mm-hmm. in something and and excited about something, he he goes for it. And the thing is, he just hasn't been given an opportunity like that in in the context of Dunder Mifflin. Really, I mean, Andy calls him out for not pushing over the rest yeah. of season mm-hmm. seven. That's um, and then oh gosh, oh, this yeah. is... and well then and then at the end at the end of season eight, going to season nine, he remarks to Jim that like he kind of can't believe but he's putting all this effort in just for it to seem like, you know, he's working for Andy, you know, there's, he's, he doesn't feel like mm-hmm. he's going anywhere. I
1: got, this is just the slightest tangent, but I've always hated that they did that to us where they're like, Andy just jumps in with like D'Angelo got you night school, like classes and you stopped going. It's like, it's, it, it, I, and I, we've talked before about like th- things being earned on the show. It's like, you never get to see Daryl give up on like we we see him try 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 try, and then we don't see him for a couple episodes, and then Andy's like, "You gave up," and it's like, "What?" We didn't see him give up. <laughs> yeah, we didn't see him give up. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Um, but yeah, and so- he's so nervous when he finally has is at the table.
0: I uh, know, uh, I an l- athlete,
2: <laughs> and the whole issue with when he shoots the shot and everything's going great until that moment. But like, the, his struggles with resumes has happened a few times. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> just like pulling it together to get there. And he's, you know, he's a lot of it is dependent on his relationship with Jim. And Jim's like, I can get you a job. You just got to meet me halfway and like go through this process. Right. And eventually it all works mm-hmm. out fine. But like all this culminates in that scene when I feel like he, he, they kind of draw back the curtains and Daryl's like, look guys, I'm sorry. I shouldn't be here. And then everyone goes around the table and says what they used to do. Mm-hmm. And like how this is, this is their second job for all of them. Like they're all Mm. moving careers Mm. and that's a really nice moment. I I really like that scene because they're, they, they reach out to Daryl in that moment and they're like, it's okay that you're nervous. Let's do, let's try this again. Like none of us know what we're doing, man. And that's like, that's the older I get. And the more people I interact with at different levels of jobs, it's just like, no one ever knows what they're doing. Like you just get better at knowing how to fake that and knowing how to like adapt. And, uh, People are doing their best. I think most part,
1: I think that's, that's interesting. Like it's like imposter syndrome, right? Like you, like, you know, Daryl knows that he loves sports, knows that Jim is, you know, his best friend and is one of the creators of this company. And yet he still doesn't feel like he should be there. And I think everyone, Mm -hmm. everyone feels that way in their work. I'm, I'm sure
0: Mm -hmm. there's like a Kevin Durant jump shot. There's (laughs) there's beauty in
2: ordinary things. Uh, yeah
1: what about your uh, feelings some some other Should ones we just list these other
0: ones yeah let's just, I'm, sorry, we're, I'm sorry
2: we're just going really we're going so much like, longer than bit. we thought we
1: would can't, can't keep going
0: i mean what else do we, we have to go through we, i feel like we hit yeah, the most ryan the creates
1: com. uh you've got uh da- oh yeah we got to do like 20 <laughs> minutes <on that. laughs> uh david wallace and suck it which is a great success um, the, the <laughs> yeah, that might be the most successful. Venture I just want to these. say, Edwin. do yeah. you remember when we knew a kid in high school who created something <laughs> at like a science fair and he sent he sold it to the to the military? <laughs> do you remember this?
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There was a guy we went to high school with uh, who had a patent on. Uh, he got a patent. When we were in high school. It was a tourniquet. Uh, it was a tourniquet. Yeah. That was pretty yeah.
2: cool. Yeah. That's funny. There was a girl mm. in my high school class who sold one of her mathematical proofs to NASA Jesus. before she graduated. Mm-hmm. Wow! Can you believe we all sat at the same assembly <laughs> at one point?
0: I was going to say, and here we are talking about <laughs> the <know>. same <laughs> TV show we used <laughs> to watch on. back then.
2: The I just three hundred yeah. hours. She pops up on Facebook every now and then. You're just like, I can't believe, I can't believe we were in line and lunch together at one point <laughs> in our lives
0: it's pretty funny <laughs> to follow up though well hey nobody really knows what they're doing with two kids who <laughs> would, in, as teenagers <laughs> I, I came think. up with like world-changing <laughs> inventions you know
2: take it uh, back some people know exactly what maybe they're doing. some
0: people do
1: <laughs> yeah david wallace certainly knew what he was doing and uh, gosh oh here's a little trivia question for you just because i don't know who's the guy that he gets to help him with that remember <laughs>
0: Wait, what? Wait, stay the question again. I was laughing at here's a trivia question because I don't know the answer. <laughs> who's David says
1: that there's a guy in like research and development that he already oh. or something. Is it already?
0: Okay, that's sweet. right. Nice. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> you think it's RD and RD? <laughs> hey, that <can> RD. Be. <laughs> um, uh, uh, anyways. It's like Crent it's like Crentis maybe yeah. that's why he, maybe that's why he be- he went into R&D. <laughs>
1: name is let's touch on Serenity by Jan. Serenity by uh, Jan.
2: Um as that's that's a very much a second job that is also a second bedroom.
1: Is it is and, it uh, is mm-hmm. it a passion or is it a desperate attempt to uh, turn her life around? It is both.
0: <laughs> yeah. Jan, how's the candle game? <laughs>
1: oh my goodness Uh, just smell all my candles isn't there a fan theory that she like kidnapped that little girl in order Uh, maybe yeah um in order to sell more candles um we've got uh we've got so and also jan is horrible at making candles right i think that's what we're supposed to believe when they open up the room full of candles and jim can't even handle handle the scent
2: i assume she's getting like I don't I, I don't know how to make candles like that on that scale. Yeah, same. <laughs> but yeah. like I assume she's her issue seems to be the, you know, marketing distribution. Mm. Like making the candles, she could probably get I don't know what I'm talking about, so I'm just going <laughs> to leave it right there. But it, it seems is, to me that she really that's a that's a tough business.
0: <laughs> it is funny that they would like open the door to reveal the candle studio and then you're just everyone is just hit with this wall of stuff. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: And it's like yeah i guess yeah, yeah i guess you start what you if you're starting out with those you're at you're at markets you're at you're at farmers markets and yeah. and places around town selling your candles and you get into a store but mm-hmm. i don't i don't think she ever is she still doing the candles no the the no show?
1: she doesn't she becomes a she she runs um
0: hospital supply
1: yeah buying for mm-hmm. a hospital
0: it's the white pages is it not and the whale in season nine.
1: Oh, that's what she. Yes, but when she's um, when Michael thinks he has herpes, oh, she's in, working uh, for a hospital. Yeah. It, okay. That's oh, I didn't even yes, realize yeah. that. Yeah, the Scranton right white mm-hmm. pages. Um, the, the white <laughs> whale. What? Uh, <laughs> just just a, I think we had just a couple more to mention. Kevin becomes a bartender uh, by the end of the show. That's uh, that's a perfect job for Kevin. Um, Is
2: it? <laughs> I just. <laughs> He had such difficulty with reception. I yeah. just feel like a bartender is there's always 10 things going on at once. Yes. And at all times. There
1: also is some math involved in. Uh, in yeah. You're, you're stocking the bar the and pouring you're a
2: cocktail. Like, <laughs> yeah. I just he doesn't seem quick and sharp, which I feel like a good bartender is both of those
0: things. <laughs> I love the idea that you would leave Kevin's bar and you'd say, "Okay, bye, <laughs>
2: hi." They said I was dull. Yeah, yeah could I get a uh, gin and tonic? Hi, hi, hi. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you think he has a signature cocktail called the Five Family?
2: <laughs> five, five different liqueurs, and then like <laughs> one of everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. or kevin's famous chili and it's like a it's like a bloody mary that's just chili
0: well look i mean we've gone through all of these all of these characters and the other thing that i thought of is that there are a handful of characters who don't embark on any sort of secondary job like phyllis or stanley oh we we didn't mention
2: oscar running for office at the end Mm. as well
0: oh that's true i think you know what and i actually think I, i had oscar lumped into this group as someone who is almost an extension of um when he doesn't want to speak up in the shareholder meeting episode in season six, it felt like a similar right. sort of thing where he, where like Toby, he doesn't want to put himself out there. But, uh, but it is interesting when, when Michael in the sting in season seven is talking to the other salesman, do you want your life to get better, get worse or stay the same? Some of the, a lot of them just say, say stay the, the same. Yeah. Uh, and, and it just, I, I, it goes along with this idea that they the, like the office is in this very unique place. And, uh, it allows people to kind of be who they are and find stability. Uh, and it's just funny that these characters never pursue anything else. Meredith, I know. You know what? I guess Meredith was in school right. the whole yeah. time. Yeah, She's gets her doctorate. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. yeah. I mean, right it, I mean, we're, we're, we didn't talk really too much about Andy wanting to be famous by any means necessary or be oh, an actor. That's the only. Yeah, but that's I mean, the I, I can sum that's it a up. separate episode. Yeah. I think, at some point. <laughs> yeah. Um.
0: I mean, and it comes along at the end of the show. It doesn't like the fact that it coincides so much with the yeah. finale. Um, we'll yeah. talk about that another time because we're running low on time. Um, well, I mean, look, do, do we have any like all right. Now that we've listed sure. through everything, are there any takeaways or points or things that you hadn't considered before that? I mean, after we've
1: talked about it now, it seems like the only person who succeeds in a, a passion outside of of working at Dunder Mifflin Scranton is Jim. I mean, yes, we like get hints that Creed is successful as some sort of drug <laughs> kingpin and that, you know, other people go on to do stuff apparently, you know, and, and even Daryl, we just don't see, we, I guess we see a little bit of the struggle with Daryl, but I mean, just for, for where we start in episode one, season one with Jim, to him running athlete by the end. I mean, that's the success story there of somebody succeeding at a second job outside of the workplace. And we don't really see it with anyone else.
2: Uh, I'll see your gym and raise you a Roy. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, also maybe the most successful out of anyone we've mentioned at, sure. uh, at reinventing themselves. Very true. Outside of the mm-hmm. office. Very true. It's so funny. I always think he he becomes the Bob Vance for Laura. (laughs) Like, like, like there's an office park that he's a part of. Yeah, uh, and he's the Bob Vance there. No kidding. No kidding. Like in, or not right now, but in like twenty more years, he's Bob Vance. That's exactly who Roy becomes. But,
1: but yeah, no. I'll kill you. I I think that the second jobs are important. I think that they are things that people in real life, daydream about. And you, you, a lot of people spend their lives wondering if they should have just got up and quit and, and Mm -hmm. put everything they had into that second job. And we see, we see it fail and we feel, we see it succeed in this, in this show. If,
2: like I say, the thesis of the show being beauty of ordinary things, this is a workplace comedy, right? Like the whole show is based around Mm -hmm. the workplace. So. It's difficult it's a difficult act they pull off of like having characters look at other jobs. If the show is about the job, you can't have them leave unless they're out of the cast yeah. or out of the show. Mm-hmm. So, I thought the writing the way they do it, like I said, they hit on every type of pursuing something else outside of the office, but everyone comes back and everyone is tied to the office because of the bond they all have. And so like that that was my takeaway was we get to see all these characters at some point challenged to get out of their comfort zone. And the way they react to it, there's a lot of different ways people do that. Some good, some bad. But again, that's that's an ordinary, relatable thing. That's something we can all relate to is when you're challenged to get outside your comfort zone. Uh, it's scary. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But that's why we like The Office. is It's relatable.
0: When you think about... The office just being a collection of people, you know, at different points in their lives with different passions or or pursuits. It it reminds me of this Michael quote from Wolf.com. The world sends people your way. Ryan came to me through a temp agency and he was transferred here. No idea where Creed came (laughs) from. The point is you have to play with the cards you're dealt. Jim, that guy is an ace. Dwight is my king on my sleeve. Phyllis is my old maid. Oscar is my queen. That's easy. Give me a hard one. That's what Oscar said. Toby is the instruction card you throw away. (laughs) Pam's a solid seven. And yeah, you know what? Ryan is probably like a two, but sometimes twos can be wild. So watch out. And I am obviously the joker.
1: (laughs) It's beautiful. Perfect. Well, uh, I think that wraps up our our topic for today. Let's, uh, Let's move on to conference room. Five minutes. All right, everybody in the conference room. I don't care if you are gay or straight or a lesbian or <laughs> overweight. Just get in here right now.
0: So this week's conference room came uh, as a message on Instagram. I apologize. I couldn't find the message uh, where this was directly sent to us. But thank you uh, to the person that did send it to us. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's a post that says, you have $15 to start a paper company. Pick one from each category. And if you uh, these kind of little templates come around a lot. I see a lot of them for basketball, mm-hmm. for example, like build a team. Do you have fifteen dollars uh, your roles are CEO manager assistant to the regional manager sales lead and reception and then there are different tiers five dollars four dollars all the way down to one um, so I think what we're gonna do is just go through and pick our office based on uh, these uh, based on this uh, our budget and uh, and our price tiering um, so do we just want to go around and, and talk about how yeah, we do it? Yeah, sure. Um, and
2: it's it's a we'll, we'll post this because it's 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 a pretty visual thing. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we <laughs> can read the visual. Thing. But
0: yeah. all all
2: you need to know is different characters are valued at different amounts. Right. And so if you want to take someone for five bucks at a CEO, that means you have a lot less money. Right. You, to get someone good at a different position. So you got to. This is all about your salary cap and deciding where you put value. Right. Just and for example,
1: does
0: it make sense? Yeah. Doesn't make sense for us to read through each of the characters and their dollar amount.
1: I'd say, Sean, you just give an example. Just, just for an example, manager five dollars. Michael Scott one dollar. D'Angelo, right? So it's just people who are not good at the job.
2: There's some serious flaws on this, which we can talk
1: about later. But uh, overall,
0: and let's remember that this is this is picked for us, so it's not like every character is up for grabs. Correct. Um, So.
1: Right. so why don't we start with uh alex why don't you you want to okay. read yours
2: i i built mine out like as i'm actually trying to start a paper company that will
1: succeed yes. that's how
2: i drafted i'm not i have some other variations but to start with that i'm looking at uh, my value what position do you want to start at ceo ceo um i took i took joe bennett at four dollars nice I just thought she gives me everything David Wallace gives me for a dollar less.
1: Yes, they've got David Wallace at the $5 mark. I I I agree with that.
2: uh, I like the dogs. Uh, I wouldn't mind Gabe clunking around the office now and then. So let's... uh, (laughs) uh, Her hobbies are interesting. She's a much more interesting person to me than David Wallace. So Joe Bennett for four.
1: I, I agree. I also had Joe Bennett for four bucks. I think that she's a better CEO than David Wallace. Uh, in this category, we also had Janet three dollars and Robert California at two and Charles Minor at one. Um, my other my other draft is was was Charles. I
2: mean Charles at one dollars just value. Yeah, just just value. It's pick like is that CEO, just because of,
1: just because of his faith in Dwight? <laughs> He's a dollar. Yeah, it might be his decision making <laughs> is not good. Yeah. We know that. Yeah. What about you, Edwin? Who'd you have for CEO?
0: I also yeah, had Joe at $4. Okay. I thought she's that was the best, CEO best value. In the whole show. But should I, I, can go, I can go off road and try no. to pick a different one for the sake no, of. No, but so this is interesting okay. because no, we're at the
1: same see. dollar amount now. So let's You're see. Starting this company. It's,
2: it's All an right. important about, position uh, of like, who's, who's making these decisions, mm-hmm. you know, early on.
0: Yeah. So let's move to manager. Alex, who did you have as manager?
2: Oh, uh, I took D'Angelo for a dollar. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice.
2: Uh, Any relationship with Joe. Joe. Annie Annie Shelto. Uh, No, he's he's only a dollar. It's a cheap salary. And I thought there was better value at the other positions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And as we've learned from the show, the manager can be there or not. (laughs) It doesn't totally matter. Uh, But I figured if I have Joe, let's get D'Angelo and they'll respect each other. Maybe that'll be better.
1: I feel like, see, I went with a similar thing because i picked Nellie as manager for two dollars oh uh, okay. because she has a good relationship with joe right you'd imagine that joe would come in and maybe like help her somehow i guess but again yeah she's only two two dollars so not uh and hmm, as you said the manager could be almost anyone or nobody <laughs> at true. all and the work That's would true. still get done.
0: yeah edwin I went the other way with this. I went with Michael. Nice. $5. Oh, you
2: took Michael for five. Nice.
0: I took Michael. I thought, and guess, and believe it or not, it's because I like the way that he works with Joe. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, Are you going to kill me? It seemed like Michael got the best, or Joe got the best yeah. out of Michael, and Michael pushed Joe and she enough. There was a, there's a, you know, there's an element of Michael or Joe being able to rein in Michael, and uh, I bet that Joe would have gotten the best out of him versus uh, David, who is happy with the results but never seems to push in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And Jan, who is out of carrots and is out <laughs> of sticks. So,
2: so we, we, we all agreed on CEO. Uh, Edwin went top shelf manager and uh, uh, Sean and I went to the bargain barrel. Yes, uh, yes. Which which brings <laughs> us to assistant to the regional manager. And this is assistant where... Assistant regional manager, your number two. This, this is your number this
1: two. This is where I saved the most money uh, because I want to see this person have a little more power. And I went with Meredith. As, as assistant regional oh. manager which is only a dollar but you she, know she's I, the value pick here I think that I think that I mean I've got Nellie as manager with Meredith as the muscle like this is an interesting this is a really interesting dynamic
2: <laughs> well so far you have a you have a you have a women only company which is probably promising yes it's probably going it, to it's going to be a better startup <laughs> experience uh and, I think and so going to I think I think that's a good move. And I, and and I just you want know. to say, though, I just want to reiterate: you got Nellie running your branch.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Number two is Meredith. Yes. Just want to make sure we're yes. On the Again, same
1: page I here. mean, hey, the, the most successful branch in the company was run by Michael and with Dwight at his side. So, I mean, how could I go? I, I Nellie and mm-hmm. Meredith can't be that much worse. <laughs> <laughs> I, probably not. What about no. you, Alex? But I'm not, try- I'm not trying to recreate Dunder
2: Mifflin. I'm trying to start my own company, mm. which is why I want Dwight. I- I'm spending the full five on Dwight. Whoa. Um, he's not mm-hmm. an assistant too though. He is assistant. He is the number two. Um, I think he will respond to strong leadership with D'Angelo as the manager. <laughs> uh, also, I'm assuming Angelo D'Angelo will suffer a similar... He's either dead from skiing or he's going to do another accident with the basketball hoop, <laughs> uh, which pays the way for Dwight to be manager, which I think uh, with Joe Bennett guiding him, should that ever happen, I'm, I'm okay with that. But for now, yeah, give me Dwight. will have to. Pre- not only is he my assistant regional manager, he's also one of my top salesmen.
1: With Joe as Dwight. CEO, he'll have to be Jacques Souvenir as manager. <laughs> he, he,
2: he'll commit just as hard. I'm <laughs> not not concerned with who he dresses as. He's bringing the same focus and fire to the job, and uh, I like his sales. So get him in the company. Nice,
0: Edwin. Yeah. Uh, so it's funny. Uh, I went with Angela at $3 oh, that was a close.
2: I, I thought about that. I thought about that.
0: That was my, uh, I, I thought that Angela would be able as an assistant, not in, not in her accounting role. I felt like she would be very organized and very disciplined and she can already, she already helps Michael hem his pants. That's true. So I think there's a good precedent <laughs> there. Yeah. 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 They've
1: uh, already got a, and, a good uh, dynamic, I guess um mm-hmm. okay cool well
0: uh yeah i've yeah, yeah we see i sales mean we lead. See... why don't
2: you why don't you start uh start us off with sales lead here edwin
0: uh so for sales lead i thought this was the best value pick maybe in the whole thing but i took karen for the at two dollars best value yeah. pick, best yeah.
2: value pick on the board not even close whoever made this is dumb because they put karen at a two dollar yeah. pick for sales lead Below Phyllis, below Stanley. I'm sorry. She is a manager by the end of the show. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Do you know what I think the equivalent to this is talking about the ones like this that are about basketball is whenever they have Kevin Garnett at like one or $2, that's always like (laughs) the value. (laughs) (laughs) When you're building a time starting five. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Yeah. It's like, all right, you take KG for a dollar. But, uh, but anyway, I thought, uh, Karen at at $2 is very overqualified. She goes on to be a a branch manager, and she says, turns out this job is pretty easy when your boss is an idiot and uh, your boyfriend's not in love with someone else. Um, unfortunately, she is still working for Michael, so we'll have to figure that <laughs> out. But uh, but I, uh, I felt like she was the best uh, qualified at two bucks. You know
2: what? I didn't think that she'd be working for D'Angelo, who's a misogynist.
0: Hmm.
2: <laughs> uh, I might not. Anyway, well, maybe they'll work it out. I- I'm-, 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 I'm banking okay. that he gets in a coma. I think Karen. Yeah. Just to put it in context here, because for three dollars get you Phyllis, for one dollar gets you Todd Packer, <laughs> and two dollars gets me Karen. Yeah, yeah no yeah. question. Mm-hmm. Do you
1: so you picked Karen as well. I picked Karen. As I well. picked Karen as well. So all
2: okay. right, all
1: right, there we go. All right, so for the it all comes down to reception. It all comes down to reception, and this is what I saved my money for, because I've got Pam for five dollars okay. at reception. She is the glue. That keeps the whole thing together um you know i uh, i mean your other options are aaron ronnie ryan and kevin so <laughs> what would you yeah, guys go yeah. with it's,
2: yeah uh alex what you got I had
1: three dollars left on my budget
2: i spent all my money uh, as i've learned to try and do during my fantasy drafts and i took uh, rice and ronnie nice i'd like okay. to get to know her okay she seems like she'd be fine receptionist. She seemed great. <laughs> she just plops herself down yeah.
0: there. <laughs> she was just... I'll be honest. I had, They never gave me I had no $3 chance.
2: left. I had $3 left, and my 2 and $1 options were Ryan and Kevin. So I hate Ryan. I think Kevin's a terrible receptionist. Give me oh. yes. Ronnie.
1: What about you, Edwin?
0: So... I was completely out of money for this pick. And so I have Kevin. (laughs) My, (laughs) my thinking is, uh, is that we just give everyone the salespeople's extensions and that will solve a lot of our problems.
2: It's COVID and no one's coming into the office.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. Do you know, remember that episode when that, that guy comes in and he's going to try to pitch a new phone system and Jim comes out and pretends to be Michael. Hey, uh, that that maybe that new phone system would do a lot of the legwork and kevin can focus on um you know putting out candy for everyone setting <laughs> up the
2: new
1: copier
0: <laughs> and that kind of um, thing yeah making uh ants on a log for uh-huh. michael i i actually ants i saved a, a dollar for, for in, this,
1: in this whole thing i actually saved a dollar i could have i could have gone with kelly wow. um as an assistant to the regional manager instead of meredith and i also could have gone with phyllis instead of karen um because Karen, Phyllis does teach Karen a thing about sales. Remember. And a thing about makeup. And a thing mm-hmm.
0: about makeup. Yep. Yeah. Um. And a thing about Jim's uh unresolved feelings yes. for Pam.
2: And a thing about lingerie color. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Boy, she really yeah. she really talks a lot to Karen.
1: Yeah. <laughs> she teaches us all.
0: I wish I wish there was an option to have Andy as receptionist. Mm, that would have been know. really
1: he was a uh-huh. good he was a much better yeah. receptionist than maybe even Aaron. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs>
0: you guys, I think
1: we, we went so long talking about second jobs, which we didn't expect to do, but that was actually a really um, fun topic. And so that I think that about wraps it up for today. Um, and this show is our second job. So good job, <laughs> guys. Real meta. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. This is our passion. Uh and uh, but please um uh, write us, uh, tell us your picks, or if you have anything fun like this for us to do, something besides trivia, uh, or you can always send us trivia, of course. Uh, email us, mspodcastcompany at gmail.com. Give us a call, 503-694-9314. We love to play the voicemails on the show. Uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram, Michael Scott Podcast Company. We have a website, michaelscottpod.com. Uh, and we are also on Patreon, patreon.com/slash Michael Scott. For five yep. bucks a month, you can become Scott's tot. You get a bonus episode every single month, and some other little goodies uh, uh every now and then. Uh, and we make a big donation to the Third Good Marshall College Fund through that. And Ooh, you also- by the
2: way, when you donate over a certain amount, which we have definitely donated, they send you a T-shirt. Whoa! So I have this T-shirt. Oh, cool. But I don't know if I'm going to wear it. But it's.
1: Oh. <laughs> nice. It says, "I made their future possible." This is it, this looks like a, t-shirt. like a t shirt. A t shirt, Michael yeah. for himself. <laughs> Wait a minute, that's so crazy! It, it looks like a fun is there run. something t-shirt. on the back?
2: I know, no, the back is
1: just the the logo. Wow,
2: for Thurgood that's Marshall. Cool. But the front in giant letters, yeah, I made their future possible. I will not be wearing this out in public. But, no, but uh, something to hang in the studio one day. Yeah, that
0: looks like a shirt. Hey, that... we're still hey. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're still proud of the donation. Yeah. Yes, yes. I don't care about the
2: t-shirt. I care about the <laughs> just, donations.
1: It does. Yes. It just looks like a t-shirt that Michael would have made for himself like before <laughs> even making it <laughs> making any donations. Yeah. Um uh but anyways, please. Um <laughs> if you like this show, if you've listened to all the episodes and you want more, you can get more by subscribing to Patreon, uh Patreon.com slash Michael Scott. Special thanks to our Patreon members. We love you guys so much. You make this possible. Special thanks to Ryan Lloyd, who helps us with our social media and does all our artwork. Um, this episode was recorded in Portland, Oregon over video chat.
0: Thank you for listening. We say it every time, uh, but it really makes all the difference for us. As we've mentioned, this is our you know, second job for mm-hmm. uh, for all of us. And uh, you guys make it really fun and fulfilling. And uh, it, it, it just it brings so much to what we do. So thank you for being with us. Uh, take care, stay safe, and see you next week. Piggy Poppy, give me the salad yes, yes, sir. sir.